Our scripture reading this morning is from the book of Isaiah, chapter 12. In that day you will say, I will praise you, Lord. Although you were angry with me, your anger has turned away and you have comforted me. Surely God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. The Lord, the Lord God's self, is my strength and my defense. The Lord has become my salvation. With joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. In that day you will say, Give praise to the Lord, proclaim the Lord's name, make known among the nations what the Lord has done, and proclaim that the Lord's name is exalted. Sing to the Lord, for the Lord has done glorious things. Let this be known to all the world. Shout aloud and sing for joy, the people of Zion, for great is the Holy One of Israel among you. This is the word of God for the people of God. Let's pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing to you, O Lord. Enable us to be receptive to your message this morning and challenge us to live more fully for you than we ever have before. Through the power of your spirit, we pray. Amen. A little over a year ago, I was working in my office when I got a text from my mother-in-law. At the ER, bad reception, Papa drove himself here. They think he had another heart attack. When I had first started dating Russ, his father, Ash, Papa, had ridden his bike to the hospital that was a few blocks away because he thought he was having a heart attack and that seemed safer to him than driving a car, so he rode his bike. Sure enough, he was having a heart attack, and getting himself there that quickly actually saved his life. So my first thought when I got this text from my mother-in-law was, oh my God. And the second thought was, well, at least he drove a car this time. I quickly jumped in my own car and drove down to Galleon to be with Mama in the hospital. And as I drove, my mind immediately went to the worst-case scenarios. This was his second heart attack. What if he didn't make it? What, what were we going to do without Papa? Would I have to do the funeral? I tried to keep my thoughts under control, knowing that really all I could do in those moments was pray. When I got to the hospital, I went back into the emergency room uh, rooms, and Mama was sitting in one of the chairs, uh, talking with one of Papa's friends. And as I walked up, they burst into laughter, and I was instantly confused. But after a long hug, Mama explained to me and started to tell me the story. Papa had driven himself to the hospital, walked into the emergency room, and said to them, I think I'm having a heart attack and he proceeded to tell the nurses all of his symptoms. They rushed him back, checked his vitals, and sure enough, yes, he was having a heart attack. Papa did die three times in the emergency room that day, but each time they were able to revive him, and eventually they got him stabilized. And it just so happened that at the hospital that morning, they opened their brand new catheterization lab to be used for intervention. 
and it just so happens that a team was already assembled to do their very first procedure that morning. But because of Papa's impeccable timing, they hadn't started the procedure yet, and they were able to quickly move Papa to the table to get him the help that he needed. And it just so happened that Dr. Mayo, you know, the Dr. Mayo of Mayo Clinic, he was Papa's doctor that day. He was there overseeing the opening of this clinic. Oh, and if Papa had waited for the ambulance to come, instead of driving himself there, none of this would have mattered because it would have been too late. He wouldn't have made it to the hospital. And without that catheterization procedure, they, that they were approved that morning to start doing, the doctors wouldn't have been able to clear the artery in the back of the heart, the artery they call the Widowmaker. On multiple accounts, Papa was a living miracle. And you know it's true when the doctors tell you that he is. They also said when they talked to Mama that he kept singing a song while they were working on him and trying to keep him awake and with it. Over and over again, he would sing, Jesus' blood hasn't failed me yet. It hasn't failed me yet. Jesus' blood hasn't failed me yet. I will trust and I will not be afraid. These words are in today's scripture from, from the prophet Isaiah. And he was speaking these, these words to the people of Judah and Jerusalem more than 2,700 years ago when the Assyrian Empire was the dominant power and Judah lived in the shadow of Assyrians' might. Foreign invaders and political instability and the crises of one type or another formed this context for Isaiah's proclamation that we see here. The people to whom he was sent and to those who, who this was written for lived in a world of unpredictability and, and one that they really felt was out of their control. And often the world that we live in today seems very similar. The news, if you turn on the news, you can see the events that are happening well beyond the scale of, of our ability to control them. Whether the, the threat is world economic crisis or massive natural disasters or it's something that hits closer to home like a car accident, or an illness, or the loss of a job, or the death of a loved one. In any of these circumstances, it's not a small thing to, in the face of this threat, proclaim, I will trust in the Lord and not be afraid. Yet that's what Isaiah declares in this chapter and calls these people to do. Jesus' blood hasn't failed me yet hasn't failed me yet. Jesus' blood hasn't failed me yet. Isaiah's words here in chapter 12 only make sense because they follow this collection of prophecies concerning God's saving acts for Jerusalem and Judah. In chapter 11, Isaiah predicts a shoot from the stump of Jesse will emerge, and this chosen one is going to remake the world. 
heralding in a new age of peace and justice and restoring the lost fortunes of Israel. The exiles of Israel will be gathered from the four corners of the earth, and they will reestablish the promised land. And in addition to that, the shalom, God's wholeness and peace, will break out across the world. Now, following these grand promises, we see Isaiah 12. And we see there how we are supposed to feel when all of this happens, when these prophecies come true. When that day comes, everyone is going to burst out into songs, songs of praise. And we see here in Isaiah 12 two examples. One is a personal song of praise, and one is a communal song of praise, each beginning with the phrase, you will say in that day. Now this simple phrase turns these songs from simply songs of thanksgiving to songs of promises. There will come a time when the people of God will experience salvation. They will experience salvation, and they will sing. Because that day is coming, even the present time, no matter what is happening, we might feel joy now. The author of the song here hearkens back to the deliverance of the Israelite people from Egypt, quoting Exodus chapter 15. The Lord God is my strength and my might. He has become my salvation. The image is one of a great warrior, one who is strong enough to defeat even the armies of the Pharaoh in order to free the people from slavery to Egypt. To anyone who is caught up in fear, this echo of, from the Exodus and all of the events that surrounded that are a reminder that the earthly powers cannot defeat the powers of God, that God is the one who saves. Jesus' blood hasn't failed us yet. It hasn't failed us yet. So we see in this chapter of Isaiah a foretelling of what God is going to do, the Messiah who's going to come, and the peace and the hope that will come with him, and a reminder that we can trust that this new time of salvation will come because of what God has already done in the past. We can be joyful now because we know what's coming, and we can be confident that it will come because God has delivered us before. We're called to have joy in the midst of whatever we are currently encountering, not because we should be joyful that we're experiencing suffering, but because this is not the end. Papa singing, Jesus' blood hasn't failed me yet. It hasn't failed me yet. It was a reminder to him and to the doctors and even to us in the waiting room that that God is good, that God has cared for Papa and and all of us through our lives, and God was going to continue to do that. We didn't know exactly how things were going to turn out. We knew that in that moment, Papa was a miracle, several times over, but we didn't know how long that miracle was going to last. We did know though that somehow it was all going to be okay, no matter how it turned out. 
So his song became our song. Jesus' blood hasn't failed me yet. It hasn't failed me yet. And then similarly, in Isaiah 12, we see that this personal song becomes a communal song, calling on all of the people to lift their voices together and to praise God together, to give thanks, sing praises, shout loud, and sing for joy. It's as if a whole choir, a whole praise team together, is coming together, joining their, vo- their voices with the soloist who sang those first two verses of Isaiah 12. No longer is this, it just one lone voice that's whispering against fear, but it's a chorus of voices singing together, proclaiming together that God is not done, that God is good, and God is going to do a new thing. Make known his deeds among the nations. The Lord has done gloriously. Let this be known in all the earth. Again, we see this reminder of the past experience with God, and we know that the Lord has already acted on our behalf for God's people. A strong defense against the grip of fear that we might feel. And how much easier is it to say, trust and do not be afraid when you have friends and family and church community sitting next, next to you and you're proclaiming together, we will trust in God. We will not be afraid. And there's one verse that ties these two songs together. And it says, with joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. It's a reminder that God's salvation is fundamental to life, just like water that falls from the sky and springs forth from the earth. And God's offer of salvation is what makes it possible for us to not be afraid because we know that God is not done, that we can trust instead of fear when the day brings situations or events that are beyond our control. The fact that there are are multiple wells of salvation means that there is an abundant supply. There is more than enough water of salvation for everyone, for all who are hurting and lonely and lost. It's a reminder that the shalom of God that is coming in this chosen one, that has come in this chosen one, will be so great that there won't be any danger, any harm, any grief anymore. There won't be any more heart attacks or cancer or addiction anymore. Yesterday, the kids and I spent the day with Mama and Papa in Galleon. Mama made us tea for tea time, and Papa fixed our computer that has been sitting for four months unable to work, and he got the staple out of it, and it worked. (sighs) Everything was just as it was before Papa had his heart attack. But now we know in our hearts, even more than we did before, that Jesus' blood hasn't failed us yet. It hasn't failed us yet, 
and it will not. As we look towards this time of Advent, waiting for the birth of Christ, as the the dark nights grow longer, just like our to-do lists grow longer, and the media outlets continue their, their relentless proclamation of the world's bad news, we wait, just like the people of Isaiah's time, for that day when God's salvation will come to us in all of its fullness. And we know that an angel will come, and that angel will say, Do not be afraid. I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. We know with confidence what is coming, what has already come to us. And we are ready to shout together, shout aloud and sing for joy for the Lord, for that, so that the whole world can proclaim, great in our midst is the Holy One of Israel, because God is good. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Most holy and beloved Lord, we are thankful that because of you, we might be fearful in the moment, but we don't have to live there. That we can be confident, that we do not have to be afraid, that you are with us, your peace and your hope guide us, that your salvation is with us. Lord, help us to live into that truth in the, day, in the days to come. Let it be a truth in our head and in our hearts so that we might go and with your spirit guiding us, your world may be transformed. Your kingdom shall come here on earth as it is in heaven. We pray these things in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.